Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another adjective that Adam's going to come up with right now. Quixotl. Episode of Inspiration Point. I'm Andrew. And I'm Adam. That was a good adjective. I love it. I love the story of Don Quixote. I don't know if you're supposed to say Quixotl. I think it's Quixotic. Quixotic. Maybe that's it. You're probably right. But either way, all words are made up, as we've said before. What's the made up definition for that word for all the. Oh, man. All the folks out there who, uh, you know, they want their word of the day. I think of it as sort of inspiringly mad, you know, like us, like inspiration, right? Because we all recognize Don Quixote as mad, but we also sort of admire what he represents in his madness. And the, the tragedy is when the Knight of Mirrors returns him to his um, true self. Oh, I, I, so, uh, <laughs> I, I, I need, man, you always go way too deep. <laughs> <laughs> what? You're it's a famous story. You're, um, you're always like, all right, let's talk about something funny. And then he gets in touch with his inner demons. You are. You're literally the one who sent me an article years back called um, to march into hell uh, for a heavenly cause, which is a line from the uh, impossible dream, which is used in the musical version of Don Quixote, Man of La Mancha. I did that. Yes, it was. I mean, you didn't write the article, but you had linked it to me and it was about playing a paladin, basically. Oh, yeah. You vaguely remember that? Yeah, march into hell for heavenly cause. What a great yes. line! Oh, that is it's man that gets that gets my paladin fires all stoked. <laughs> right. I'm like, yeah, the holy thunder wanna, force. Yes, the holy thunder force. Which, by the way, <laughs> if no one has heard of the band Rhapsody of Fire, go look for them and the song Holy Thunder Force in particular because that is my life's theme song. Yes, indeed. Indeed. Um, uh, I, I absolutely love, uh, both the book and the play, um, of Holy of, Thunder uh, Force. The, of Holy Thunder Force. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> I want to see the play of Holy starring Christopher Thunder. Lee. Actually, mm. I, you know, for those of you who aren't familiar with Rhapsody of Fire, Christopher Lee stars in a couple of their albums before he died. That it really is cool. I mean, the guy's got some serious, like, operatic chops. Oh yeah, dude. The man can sing. Oh yeah. It, it, what a great voice. What a what a huge loss for Earth. How are you doing? I'm I'm doing good. I was uh doing a little more writing today and um you know, I'm going over the Dangerous Destinations manuscript and trying to go over the tables and stuff that I've created and I'm just trying to look at it with or rather look at them with an eye for like, do I really feel like I covered what needed to be covered? And I, I want to make sure that I'm avoiding like bloat where, you know, I, I hate creating content to fit a page count as the primary reason for creating the content. Like sometimes you only need like 
five things. And why would you have to hit a certain page count? That seems strange. Well, not necessarily, because for when it comes to like publishing and printing and that sort of thing, uh, if your page count is below a certain number, it doesn't really make sense to have the book printed, especially to have it printed hardcover. Like imagine a D&D source book that is like only 75 pages but is hardcover you'd pick the thing up at the like the old complete series correct (laughs) there's a reason that those were all paperback they were hardbound back in third edition yeah they like complete warrior and or fighter or whatever complete rogue yeah oh they were thin though yeah and it's but mind you, that's Wizards of the Coast, you know, that's them right. doing their big boy pants stuff. Uh, actually, the the book I have, uh, Stronghold and Followers, not not very thick either. Mm. Um, and as far as like system rules, there's actually not that many pages. Right. Uh, which I thought was impressive, but I think it's still a little over 100. Yeah. Uh, what are you hitting for D- for D&D? Um, <laughs> so good. Uh, or just DD, uh, I guess. Honestly, I don't even know. I don't know. I haven't bothered. Do you, do you think you're in like the two, three hundred range? Um, once the book, once the book is done, it definitely will be. Um, mm-hmm. especially once we get all the pregens and stuff in there. Um, once you get those in and the maps and the write ups, like, It'll be a big book and we're looking to, uh, try to have it, you know, be relatively comparable to spectacular settlements. Um, settlements had this, uh, thing going for it where it was only a, a few chapters, but some of the chapters got really darn big. Like, uh, the capitals chapter, I think is like, I think the builder is like 50 pages or something like that. It's huge where dangerous destinations is the combination of a bunch of smaller chapters. So any given chapter I look at is, you know, maybe, maybe 10, 15 pages, give or take, but there's a bunch of them. There's like, there's two sets of, 12 so 24 and i'd say maybe 30 builder chapters overall Mm -hmm. um so if you've got 30 chapters and each one is 10 that's like 300 pages right there yeah so are you trying to edit down or up right now um i'm trying to at least edit up um i'm also kind of just going over everything to to see if uh, if things are, you know, redundancies or, um, you spelling. know, little verbiage things. I'm not really looking at spelling and grammar and stuff because we have mm. uh, an in-house have editor. Yeah. So gotcha. I'm I'm leaving that to her. Um, but yeah, I've, gotcha. I've just been I've been trying to get this thing tuned 
so that by the end of uh, by the end of the week, so then coming in the following weeks, we can start having uh, the folks that are going to be making the pre-gens start making them. Oh, yeah, that'll be good. Because, yeah, last uh, last year when we did settlements and we were doing the uh, the pre-gens for that, um, I had people start on those pre-gens too early. And then when I would have to make a change to the builder, it would have this wonderful ripple effect of going out to those other uh, to all the mm-hmm. related pre-gens. And then the people that made them would have to go in and change them. And then we'd have to double check and make sure everything lined up. And it was just a gigantic pain. So uh, the moral of the story is make sure step one is done before you move on to step two. Uh, Fascinating. Yeah, I know. (laughs) So that's Um, that's what I've been up to. But things have been good. How about you? Uh, teaching my class, uh, practicing the basics. Like I've said before, I'm running a lot of games, playing in a lot of games. Um, I'm definitely, oh man, I'm busy. I've been trying to like sit down and just do something relaxing, um, mm-hmm. that isn't D and D related. Um, and it's actually been difficult to find time. Uh, yep. This has been surprising, right? Uh, I made sure I took, uh, my daughter out, um, on an outing on Saturday. So that was good. Very we, cool. We hung out and we, we had breakfast together and, um, I took her to Michael's. We talked about drawing. We did some drawing uh, when we got back and, um, we had, we, uh, so that was nice. And then quickly I got ready for another game that evening. Oh, jeez, <laughs> dude. Not, um, yeah. Nonstop. It is, it, which, you know, and I do like it, you know, I do like being busy with it and having lots of groups and, and having to prepare, uh, I, but I've been itching to like play a video game, you know? Yeah. And the only, like nothing is really speaking to me right now. Yeah. I'm definitely in kind of a dry spell. I would like for Baldur's Gate three to get done, but it's going to be a while for that one. Oh yeah. I think that's I that. I don't think we're going to see that even this year. I think it's going to no. be 2022 release it, for sure. The updates are so slow. Like yeah. I'm just not feeling like, okay. I played a whole lot of it when it first came out, the early mm-hmm. access. And, um, you know, then they finally like released the Druid like months later. And, and I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, any half orcs, any paladins, any, any like other basic staple stuff and right. nothing. Um, yeah. And they're just trying to work out a lot of bugs and stuff. And, you know, I, I, I'm already nervous because the project is so like ambitious and then, yeah, you know, it takes such a long time to do it. It definitely it makes me a little bit worried, but you know, there's other games that exist and, and I just look at them or I think about loading them up stuff that's already in my library or, you know, looking around on the steam store or whatever. Right. And just either I'm like, no, too much commitment. No, yeah. not the view I want, not the kind of action I want. I am definitely like in a dry spell. Yeah. Well, so I guess if there's any good recommendations out there, I'm definitely open. Yeah. We're also at a horrible time of year for that sort of thing. Like, yeah, video game releases around April or May or even during the summer 
is not great. Like this is this is the time where people normally try to chew through their backlog. Um, That's right. Which I do have one. Yeah. And that, well, I don't know of anyone, at least who's a PC gamer who doesn't have a backlog at this point. You know, Steam sales are like, you know, you just buy four games and go, I'll play these eventually. (laughs) No, you won't. Um, (laughs) Which, which is weird. Like, when you think about it, I even saw a Kotaku article about this uh, within the past like week or so where they're like, uh, these games will go on sale again. And maybe we have a bit of a problem and we need to just, oh, I don't know, play the games we have. And like, instead of just like finding yourself buying games like on principle because there's a good sale like i've done that so many times where i see a game that i'm mildly interested in or was interested in earlier and i see it on sale and i've got like not necessarily a big like burning desire to play it but it's more like well, normally it's 60 and right now it's 15. So I'm just going to buy it on principle. And then, you know, months. Not not a principle to live by. No, you know, it's this not. Is my, this is something my wife and my father-in-law do. I think she got it from him. And it, like, they'll just go to the grocery store and just buy anything. That's like, you know, just a crazy deal. It, they will basically buy it on principle for the same reason. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, you actually would have spent less by not buying it. Right. <laughs> exactly yeah we, we actually didn't need that we uh we didn't need um bacon flavored gummies you know that was not a thing that i desired it but it is the thing we need is it mm. though bacon flavored um, gummies sure i'll i'll take a crack at it <laughs> i'm just like i'm trying to lose weight in like all these oh, like that's... like cookies and cupcakes and garbage because those things always go on sale yeah and like they just always make it in the house and I'm like, and it's, it's hard not to walk by and grab one when you've, you're stressed out or whatever. Yeah. And I'm, so. I'm the opposite. I'm, I'm so bad where like I, I got my mom's family's metabolism where it's like, it just, I'll eat next to anything and it just like apparently sets it on fire and it disappears. Because although it it hasn't been quite so easy in the past couple of years, uh, quick tip, kids, once you hit your 30s, it's harder to lose (laughs) any of that poundage. Um, It's harder to do anything for the most part. That's true. Get out of bed. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I think thoughts, you know, just uh, stand. Um. Hey, let's listen. Uh, we, we've had kind of a warm up and a good catch up. Let's get going. Uh, All right. What are we talking about today, man? So what I would like to talk about is something that is near and dear to my heart, and that is running a game uh, where the primary mood uh, or kind of avenue of delivery, I guess, is humor 
funny yeah, running a, running a comedy right um and i think i think there are a lot of folks including myself who've tried doing this um to varying degrees of success um i think for me probably the biggest success i've had with this was our goblin game that oh, yeah, uh, we've absolutely. mentioned um but i before the show i was trying to write down uh i was trying to kind of zero in on what i think makes humor work well in an rpg um because this is not necessarily intended to be a if you want your game to be funny do this but these things may help you uh make your games funnier if that's what you want them to be um so i've got i've got a few uh ideas i made a classic andrew style list um and i figure uh, nothing just... says comedy like a checklist yes nothing <laughs> says comedy like a check god this is... anyway i will do my best um so well before i jump in what do you uh what do you think makes for a funny sort of campaign oh well i think that almost all campaigns become funny at some point like we we almost mm -hmm. can't help but joke right right um a lot of it's low-hanging fruit a lot of it are things that because we we borrow tropes all the time and um you know these are things that remind us of things we we've seen so we mm -hmm. have to recite the latest meme you have to quote from princess bride uh the holy grail you know the the classic staples right and and we always do this and 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 it's fun um as long as you basically don't let it end up dominating the session and you know running a comedy campaign is totally different right than than that right like we've all we all need comic relief in the most even the most dramatic games there mm -hmm. are the moments of levity that you need to have and Sometimes you just have to remember that there are human beings sitting around your table eating pizza. Right. And there is something about that that maybe needs to be expressed. Yeah. Um, and that's okay. I've had some difficulty with one of my games lately with the players not taking the game seriously enough mm. and uh, telling too many jokes and being too modern of a character and, mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. And, and that's been a little obnoxious. Um, but anyway it's with younger players so it's okay gotcha well um, um as far as a comedy game goes you know i think that the goblin game nailed it i've never really tried to run a comedy game before i've mm. i've talked about wanting to do it but i feel like you know it's like when you're trying to be funny you can't be right yep and, and I, I wonder if that's something you're probably going to talk about yeah, something at least similar to that is, uh, actually one of the things that, um, that did occur to me because you're, you're absolutely right. If you are just, uh, directly like, I am going to make this funny. I'm going to write a funny thing. Like 
And there are some people who, I mean, a joke writer is literally a profession. So like it obviously can be done, but a lot of people are not terrific at it. Um, but like we also said, you know, this is, this is not, uh, at all to be a sort of, you know, be all end all. This is what you need to do if you want your game to be funny. But these are some things that might work. Uh, you know, it, again, is this more focused on running a comedy or is this on including humor in a game, regardless of the overall sort of theme? Yes. Or yes. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. All so, right. um, I, I think one of the things that I landed on first with this is how important the setup phase is where I came up with three things that the setup can uh, really benefit from. And uh, those are having a serious, relatable core. So like something true that everyone can empathize with and understand. And this is something to help ground everything else. An example would be in the Goblin campaign, the at the very root of it was these goblins are living in a place that's becoming dangerous for them to live in. So they need to pick up and move to a new location. They need to find a new home. There's nothing inherently funny about that. That's a, that's a relative apart from the fact that it's goblins, but not even that really. It's, it's well, an when Go ahead. Uh, that was one thing that I, that, you know, set the tone right away. You're like, well, you're all goblins. And we're like, well, this is obviously not a drama. Right. right. There, and there were some expectations there. Ridiculous names. Um, we had stupid personal character motivations. Like, uh, my character was a cook and, uh, someone kicked over his pot mm. and he didn't see who it was. And then he went adventuring to find out whoever did that. There you go. Hey. And it was just, just stupid, right? And it was, we like to say our alignment during that game was chaotic, stupid. Yeah. And it was really fun to like have us run around, put the stupid in our dialogue and like intentionally miss clues or misunderstand what was happening or take the wrong lessons away. You know, like yeah. it was fun to do it wrong. Like it was the do the dumb thing, but all the time. Oh, it was good. It really, so it I, really I, I thought it was really successful. But one thing I'll say about it is I think that it also ended in at a good time. Mm. I, as much as I enjoyed being a goblin, I don't think I would want to do it from levels one to 20, you know? Mm. And I think that may be true for a lot of games that are a little bit more funny and maybe yeah. they'll maybe you'll disagree or not, but um, I definitely feel like this is real good for like, if you were to run a game as a comedy, it'd be a real good one shot or, you know, a short, like, Hey, we're going to do, you know, three to six episodes and then it's over. Mm. You know, I think I could be down for that, but doing a real long-term campaign, that's just kind of ridiculous and slapstick. You know, maybe I'm just speaking for myself, but for me, I think that would be short lived. Mm. I, I think, I think that would ultimately come down to the execution by 
the GM. Like mm. one one uh, thing that constantly comes to mind when I think like D and D and RPGs and humor is uh, the web comic Order of the Stick uh, sure, by yeah. Rich Burlew. It's really good. Um, it's it's freaking terrific, and that I think is a pretty solid example of a what what could have been a uh an actual like humor based campaign um you know what's great about that though because it makes me think of darths and droids and it also uh oh what was it it came in it went and it's it's gone now i forget but anyway um oh uh the team four star dragon ball abridged actually Mm. um which i which i thoroughly enjoy in i think that one thing that worked about all of those was that heart. Yep. Like as much as we have comic relief in dramatic stories, it's like in comedy stories, you also need that, that sort of that sincerity relief, you might say. Yep. Right. And maybe that's something on your list, but like there were moments in Dragon Ball, like when you first watch Dragon Ball abridged and like that first season, it's mainly bathroom, sexual humor, just real like 12 year old, crass low-hanging fruit stuff like just crass yeah and and then it gets into the second season and it's like okay there's like a little more here like i'm really getting the sense that they care about the characters there was there was legitimate substance yeah there's a legitimate substance and then they got to the last season like there was a i'm like this is better than actual this is a really good show These yeah. characters are telling jokes, but they also have real personalities and real motivations. And I'm like, actually invested. Right. Exactly. And Order of the Stick was really good about eventually getting some of that stuff in where you actually cared about these characters. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there, so there were there were a lot of uh, end panels, uh, especially in the uh, like the finale uh pages and stuff like that where you know whole arcs are coming together uh oh yeah where is brilliant where the final pain would be like it would end this typically very funny comic on a very serious note um and and that that's uh that's one of the things that i have on this list too is to uh to use contrast if you're trying to make mm-hmm. it funny all the time, like if you've ever seen a movie where it's just constant jokes one after the other, it's freaking exhausting. So you want <laughs> there to be breaks versus like, um, like God rest Robin Williams. The guy was a genius. Um, it, but his stand up. I I've run into a lot of people who where his stand up is not really to their taste and I'm definitely not a fan of the shtick. It's it's just it's very fast. It's very manic. Um, yeah. And it's like just constant funny, 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 funny. And y- you definitely can feel yourself like almost yeah. getting out of breath near the end of some of those bits. Yes, um, I, I can. I can, not that I want to sit here and criticize Robin Williams. Oh, like, God, if only no. he knew more about act uh, about comedy. Like, obviously, I 
I don't know anything, but yeah. like he's, I definitely personally preferred his, his roles, right? Like yeah. he played characters. I was actually talking with a student today about hook and, uh, Oh, wow. I gotta, I, I love that movie. I was surprised they had even seen it. Um, yeah. Nowadays it was, uh, fantastic movie I, I absolutely love robin williams and that i mean I, I liked him when he could do comedy and drama in the same film i always felt like that was his best stuff yeah he's because there was there was real sadness in that guy oh gosh like hbo just um i think within the past uh well god it's actually been a while now but um they did a documentary about him and a guy had one heck of a road that he traveled yeah um definitely true but you know i but you you bring up a really good point in and maybe something that for a comedy to have longevity would have to be sort of that heart and soul at the center right i mean even uh, this is also true for something dramatic right or something epic right you can't also be epic all the time you yep. can't be sad all the time. You can't be on fire all the time, right? Like you got to have the downbeats. You know, I had players, yeah, players begging me for downbeats because we were like fight after fight after fight after fight, you yeah. know, and just existential crisis after existential crisis. And you get tired, you know. <laughs> yeah, you get tired of it, you know. And in last session, you know, you definitely got your downbeat, maybe maybe too much. No, nah, but it I it was I like still. It. I'm glad. I'm, I'm really glad we had we had some some management some downtime um and that was good yeah but yeah you need you need heart relatability yep you know at the center of all of this and 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 that's true in, in drama or comedy right that so, also of course would have to do a lot with your players because you know and i just throw that in there because you say well it depends on your gm it's like well yes but it also depends on your your the main people who are going to yes. be delivering right? yes that's very true that's very true um, yeah. and tied to that is, uh, the, one of the other two parts for the setup phase, which is understanding who your character is on a serious level, know what their quirks, likes, dislikes, where they're from, what they want so that you have a firm, relatable core that you can basically use as a point of reference. Things are funny because people have certain expectations and those expectations are subverted. You, you are expecting one thing to happen or one thing to be true. And then something else came in and surprised you in some way. Um, you can't have surprises if you don't have expectations or some kind of baseline to judge off of. So you know what the world state is. You know how the world treats goblins. You know how goblins tend to act. So you have that point of reference and things will be funny based on those expectations that everyone has. Um. So it's like subverting expert expectations, but not in an obnoxious. We just decided to ruin the lore type way. Correct. Correct. Because now, now it can just be funny, right? Instead of just, you know, ruining Game of Thrones or Star Wars. Yes. <laughs> yes. Exactly. 
Um, gotcha. I, you know, I was watching a comedy not too long ago. It, it just came out because we were talking about Holy Thunder Force earlier. Yeah. Well, I actually, I watched, I tried to watch Thunder Force on Netflix. Oh, uh, with, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Melissa, Melissa McCarthy. McCarthy. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was sitting there going, how come I'm not laughing? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Like I was really trying to nail it down. Like, you know, I know some people just hate it because they just hate Melissa McCarthy or whatever, but sure. Um, you know, I was really trying to like give it a fair shake. I thought, okay, you know, comedy superhero movie, you know, we haven't had one of those in a while. Right. It could be interesting. Um, and I just, I couldn't get into it. And I think part of what it was missing, well, it was probably missing a lot of things, but one of the things it was missing was number one, that heart and soul. Yeah. And also that sort of grounding in reality. Uh, everything was so just implausible and cartoonish and silly that like we yeah, say you don't get as that we change. discuss games about dragons and superheroes. <laughs> well, you know, but, I think yeah, it helps I, diffuse a lot of tension. I, and that's yeah. why we hear a lot of jokes about these things at the table, because role playing itself can be a little bit awkward. It can be right. feel a little bit vulnerable and silly and Usually our first knee jerk reaction to feeling that way is to tell a joke. Right. Um, so I don't know if that helps you, but just oh, observation. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, and it's true. And that, that actually ties into a few, uh, a few more of the notes I have, but, um, like the, the final thing I have in setup is just how crucial session zero is. And, that phase that we've been talking about a lot recently, setting expectations. So make sure that everyone who's going to be involved really understands what you're getting at and what the goal is for the campaign and what the intended tone is. Because if you go in to one of these games where things are intended to be funny and you come in with this super heavy, super dramatic character expecting yeah. to get an experience that um, would cater to that kind of character, you could wind up being sorely disappointed. Not to say that a character like that couldn't adapt or work in a comedy, but generally speaking, you know, don't don't show up with the wrong tool for the job, right? Well, it's just good to know what your tone is, regardless yeah. of, of what it is that you're going for. And, you know, knowing that that's on the table is good. It, and you can play into the overly serious archetype. That's it, totally you make true. Me Im- immediately think of, um, Galaxy Quest. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I love that movie. Um, it's so good. Alan Rickman. Yeah. And that's the character I was thinking of. By you know, crap, he was stars hammer. <laughs> You shall be avenged. Oh, and when he delivers that line sincerely. Oh, man. When that when the aliens dying, it it is (laughs) it it is just it actually gets you, man. Like, yeah, Rickman, man, that guy. You're sitting there. He just absolutely nailed it. My grandfather's hammer. You will be (sighs) avenged. Oh, my God. You're sitting in your living room. I'm such an idiot. (laughs) It's it's hitting me right now. Yeah. Just remembering it. God, what a great cast that was. Yeah. Um, 
I absolutely love Galaxy Quest. And it had all those. Yeah, it had silly, dumb humor. Um, it made fun of Star Trek tropes, but it also had people that knew how to flick which emotional switches at various times. I think I think and, it all. Tim Allen's decent. Yeah, <laughs> and they he's fine. That movie also. Um, I from what I remember of it, I think I've watched it within the past couple of years. Uh, again, um, was God, I had it. I had it and it just disappeared out of my head. Um, a movie or actor or I don't know. (laughs) Oh my God. I complete what is happening to me? Um, oh, hold on. I'll start talking and then it'll pop right back in. That's exactly how it'll go. (laughs) Go, go talk. Just get a text in the middle of the night. Okay. All right. So Alan Rickman. All right. Alan Uh, Rickman. Let me tell you. No, but in that, in that film, he does play the straight man, essentially. I got it. Okay. There it is. What I tell you. It, that movie. If he, I, I believed what you said a hundred percent. It, it gave, <laughs> I gotta say this fast or I'll lose it again. Uh, the, what the movie did that I thought was cool was it kind of gave nerd fandom a so, sort of a fair shake while also like acknowledging the funny side of like, like being a Trekkie and going to Star Trek conventions and stuff. Right. And yeah. They they poke fun at that stuff, but good naturedly, you got the sense. And right. It doesn't alienate its own audience. Correct. And yeah, it it also uh uses like uh mainly Justin Long's character, but also uh his friends near the end, where they're they're awkward goofy nerdiness winds up literally saving the galaxy and like the fact that they nerded out so hard and were as smart uh as they were that that was actually the thing that everything uh turned on so i i liked what that movie had to offer in terms of like acknowledging the fandom of the topic that they were playing with. I thought that was really cool. Also, Ryan Wilson's in it. He is. So, I, yeah. Yeah. And also Monk, whatever his real name is. Tony Shalhoub, right? Yeah. 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 There you go. That guy, he's also in it. Um, Let's see. Uh, uh, Sigourney Weaver. And of course, the, right? the, the great Sigourney Weaver, the, the, the queen of sci-fi. Yeah. Um, um, God, who else? There, there are a few folks. Oh, Sam Rockwell's in it. Who's Sam Rockwell? He's like the ensign that, uh, like is supposed to die, I think, is if I remember mm, right. Okay. I getcha. Okay. Anyway, Any, let's, anyway, let's, what let's are continue. We doing? Um, <laughs> I love this. Okay. So once everything is set up, first, First thing you want to do, and this is sort of, uh, you know, you'll hear people say this about playing role playing games and stuff all the time is the basic improv rule of yes and. 
So yeah, it's really just turned up to 11. I would yes, say. Yes. That's exactly it. Like do it more yeah. than you normally would because your inclination is typically to say no to the crazy stuff. But if there's no like, if there's no concrete, the rules say otherwise sort of, uh, sort of thing, try to say yes to like just about everything and just play on top of it and yeah. keep, keep adapting. All right. What else we got? We've got push the characters flaws and embrace their weaknesses. Mm. I'm saying, I'm saying that. As the player, look at your character's flaws and weaknesses and push them, like take them to the next level. Like if they're if they're forgetful, they're like Dory from Finding Nemo. Like, well, this could also extend to the ideal and the bond, I would say, you know, just you're really just you're just saturating. Right. If you will. Yes. You're, you're magnifying these personality quirks. Like characters in comedy films are, I mean, they are brimming with personality. Right. Yeah. Unless their personality is that they don't have personality. Right. Which which is also a thing. Uh, it's also a thing. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's what a, that is what a caricature is. Like if, if anyone's ever gone to a, to a fair or carnival or something and had, a caricature done of them. It's always the artist picking out some of the silliest traits you have and just dialing them up through the roof. Uh, By the way, what are, what is one of your favorite comedies? Like what are your like three favorite comedies that you can think of right now? Oh man. Okay. I have, I know you hate when I put you on the spot like that. No, I, so. I, I think I actually have answers for this. Um, oh, great. Awesome. Well, one of them, and this, this is kind of a cop out. So feel free to not count it, but Holy Grail is a classic. Oh, no, I think it's perfectly valid. Yeah. I mean, um, but I would say let's put all of the Monty Python films in one category, right? Sure. We could do that. Um, (laughs) then I, I love Life of Brian. Yeah. That's a good one too. Um, uh, honestly, Galaxy Quest is certainly oh yeah, there. um that's a that is a a terrific movie, um man and comedies. There's I feel like there's one that's on the tip of my tongue. Um, did you ever watch uh Rat Race? Oh yeah, I love Rat Race. That's a great movie. I I can yeah. do whatever I want. I'm eccentric. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, John Cleese. Oh, he's Rowan so Atkinson. Good. It's a race, a race. Whoopi Goldberg's in it. Whoopi you know, Goldberg. like it's a huge cast of great characters just doing an awesome Seth job. Seth Green. Seth Green's in it back when he was a thing. Um, who, who's, it's not, it's not Jim Belushi. Who? No, I think you know who I'm thinking of. The, the dad who's got the, the two kids and his wife. Oh, no, I, yeah, John Lovitz. John Lovitz. That's right. Man, when, 
when he steals. I love. I, I like John Lovitz. He, he's he's <laughs> very funny. Not everybody likes him. I I'm a fan. He, I love him in that movie at the very least. Um, did you did you ever watch The Critic back in the day? I. I didn't really, I know of it. Like I've seen like that, a very, that show bit. was criminally underrated. That was a fantastic show. Really? Oh, that that's my opinion, of course, but I just absolutely love uh, the critic. That is a pure and simple quantifiable fact. And uh, <laughs> anyone who tells you otherwise is a liar. <laughs> okay. It's just science. Yeah, definitely likes her. I was actually so thinking of that when we were talking about it. Oh man. They they even like made a a funny like uh theme song that went with it, like the movie intros with a song about rat race. I th- yep. I'm pretty sure that that um was written for the movie. Although I it could be wrong. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation also opens up with a pretty epic song. I I haven't watched that one in a long time. I need to go back oh, and boy. watch it again. Oh, they're great. They're they're really enjoyable. Um, you know, I'm gonna keep so, yeah. I'm gonna keep the train rolling. I I don't yeah, want to keep going. Okay, keep going. Um, use contrast. So we kind of touched on this a bit before, but um, use. Use the comedy side-by-side uh, side with drama. Don't try to make it comedy all the time. But also, you can use the contrast not just to have it be, we're going to have humor in this scene and none in this scene, but also use contrasting elements. Like, um, in generally in comedy, you've got uh, at least in a duo, you've got the funny guy and then you've got the straight guy where uh, the person who's playing the straight man is serving as a uh, point of contrast between whoever is silly. Oh, it's, it's, it's the setup and then the delivery, right? You right. Know, that's so yeah. you could have, you know, the uh, the very serious guards to your goofy characters or if you're going the flip side and your uh characters are super funny you can make the guards the uh basically the butt of the joke or uh, yeah there's usually someone in these scenes that is almost like either the audience perspective or just the person who's just not living in the same world right as the main characters you know like in dumb and dumber and they're like driving around and just screeching at this guy <laughs> who's between them right um I, pretty good stuff when, a lot of times your villain is also someone who like doesn't get that the movie is a comedy oh the right? villains are so they can they can be so fun like i've been uh I was watching Norseman for a while there. Oh, and, yeah. And what they did with Jarl Jar- Varg. Uh, nice. Is like, he's so weird. And then when you get yeah. into season three, where they kind of look at his background and like everything. The prequel season. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, no, my probably God. No spoilers, but yeah. Yeah. No spoilers. It hasn't been out. Hasn't been out that long, um, but check it out and you'll uh, you'll see 
what uh, what we're getting at. Like, just oh, it's terrific. Uh, Especially if you've watched Vikings, it's oh, it's even more funny. Totally. I would say. I I mean that's that's squarely uh, who it's aimed at, right? Mm-hmm. You know. Um, but anyway, uh, I would say the um, we talked about uh, playing with expectations. Uh, and also making sure to set them. Um, I would then say, I would probably actually put these two kind of in the same one. Be vulnerable and be outrageous. Like sometimes things are funny because they're not typically something someone would say. That's, you know, what a lot of comedians trade on is basically, uh, you were all thinking it, but I had the guts to say it. Um, so really kind of, uh, allowing yourself to maybe get past, uh, maybe your typical, uh, inclination to maybe like avoid certain topics or use certain verbiage or anything like that, maybe you go, okay, maybe I can get over this speed bump. And if I throw this out there, it'll stick because it's not what people would expect. So you're kind of being vulnerable to yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, But also being vulnerable, I think uh, plays a big role in not taking yourself too seriously and being able to like look at your own character and what makes them who they are and see the things that are funny about it and see where the character fails and um kind of how that is in itself funny and it's okay that it's funny um you know i've i've tried to do that with some of my uh, my big brutish characters um where sometimes they won't pick up on something or you know someone will make a snarky comment that was actually pretty well thought out um and it's it's good to be able to laugh at your own character to feel comfortable in that sort of moment so this is something you'll probably get into but i i think now's maybe a good time to interject it and, you know, we, we always talk about our relationships with each other at the table. Yeah. And, you know, and, and making sure that we remember that love is the, is the secret ingredient. Totally. It, you know, one might be tempted to, um, overindulge in the disparagement of one another for yeah. the sake of comedy. And I think that that's a big, like, don't, thing to be really don't careful about. Don't do that. Don't do that. You know? Like, it's great to be a little bit self-deprecating with our characters, but if, like, there's definitely a, a, a fine line between teasing each other and then, like, you're just bullying someone. Yeah. Like, there's this great episode of The Office where, like, Jim's brothers come to visit him. Oh, they like that. That one made me really uncomfortable. Like, oh, yeah, because, like, his brothers, like, don't understand comedy. And they just think mean, horrifying pranks are funny. It's so bad. <laughs> Like it's, and I mean, for the sake of the joke, I totally understand why they had to do it, but it's like it, like what's that was, that was the second most painful episode next to Scott's tots. 
It's that's the hardest episode to watch. Michael Scott as a character has always been very difficult for me to watch. I it actually took me up until like very recently, like within maybe the past year or two, where I could sit down and actually watch a a bunch of the episodes back to back, just even by myself, and actually find them funny. I because I would constantly yeah. just be like oh, I'd watch Michael Scott do something and it'd make my stomach just feel not great. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I love The Office. But I, I I also get, like, not everybody wants to feel that, like, cringe humor, that second-hand yeah. embarrassment. Fraser would do that a lot. Um, it, would, it would sort of make you anticipate that embarrassing moment and you would feel that. But I But it worked a lot worked well in Frasier. I mean, I'm not, again, not going to criticize Frasier. It was a fantastic show. My wife but, hates Frasier. And what's funny is that. Does she? Her, oh, no. Her, her oldest sister loves it. Oh, saw too much of it. Oh, it's. Gotcha. Overexposure. Mm, uh, does she like Cheers? I don't know. Honestly, you got to go back and watch Cheers, man. Cheers is great. I think Cheers I think is consistently funny. That that is a show that I that I missed. So I will I'll I'll go check it out myself. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that one's still on Netflix. Like you know, yeah, I, I actually did all of Cheers like a year or two ago, like just during one of my summer breaks. I nice. was like, you know, I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna watch this show. I did not regret it. That show was fantastic. That's awesome. I yeah man I'll I'll go check that out there there's some really good old shows I I remember uh watching through Faulty Towers I I'm realizing yeah. that a lot of my favorite movies heavily feature John Cleese um uh, it, as well they should as right? well they should I love that man John Cleese is fantastic yeah the men's oh uh, the best um you know, so was I, there anything else on your list? Yes, I had one more thing. Um, All right. Well, one more thing. I'll I'll say two more things, but the second Jack thing is small. Adventures. Um, yeah. One more thing. <laughs> Lean into type. So, like, if you have a uh, if your character fits a certain archetype lean into that sort of thing like oh you know my character is the renegade cop he's a loose cannon that doesn't play by the rules <laughs> like yeah, he's always got a toothpick in his mouth yeah or something. yeah right. exactly like this this helps with the exaggeration idea that we were talking about earlier where um you try to just take the certain elements of your character and just crank them up to 11. So, you know, think about just the general, what kind of character in terms of like a story and stuff, what kind of character would I classify my character as? Right. Just kind of like, again, cranking it up to 11, magnifying those, those caricatures. Right. Um, you know, mm -hmm. I think a, uh, I think maybe a good example of this would maybe be Shrek. Dude, Shrek is a good example of most things. That that's true. It 
it's even an example of one of the uh of the longest uh beat saber song that's ever existed <laughs> that is true yes did you ever play through that i ne- no i did not play through it i had things to do but i i kept seeing it come up in the store and i was like <sighs> dude i i took i took one friday night i was like you know what oh my god let's freaking do this i stood there oh my beat god. sabering for over two hours no it, i think it's actually more like an hour and a half but uh right yeah what's really funny is that most of the time everything will be like pretty chill pretty mellow every once in a while you get like a quick song that's on the soundtrack um but then anytime eddie murphy says anything the the level goes through the roof there's blocks freaking everywhere they're flying at a thousand miles an hour and your arms are having to just turn into a blur to hit these freaking things it was that's great it was very funny because that's that's totally eddie murphy but yes anyway uh what do you think about that leaning into type? Well, I also think it would be good to lean against type. Um, oh, I am like not the like the hard opposite direction. Well, what I would say is I'm not a comedy expert, but I have heard that something important to comedy is this thing called irony. Ah, yes, that's true. <laughs> right. You know, and so, you know, playing something like um, a halfling paladin, right? That could be interesting. Oh, OK, yeah you know, a little bit a, a against type or, um, if I, you know, if I that had, great, that go ahead, the great Dave Chappelle skit, you know, where he's a blind Klansman, you know, <laughs> yeah, is just, that's, that's a great character. It was edgy. <laughs> like, good Lord. That was funny. You know, going, going against his, you know, uh, if you're going to go by the at least standard rules before, you know, um, Tasha's made a, a lot more sort of character diversity fun. I mean, this might be a place to pull out the the half orc wizard, right? Yeah, you know, yeah, s- something like that. It, you know, I actually one of my players in my Storm King's Thunder campaign, who is AJ, who was on our show before. Yeah, you know, he has not built his character to be optimized, and it's really added to not only the comedy of his character, but to what makes it interesting. Like, mm. I believe the highest stat on his cleric rogue is um, intelligence. Hmm. And he he will often be the first one to volunteer for a stealth check. He has 10 dexterity, you know? <laughs> and so, like, leaning away is great, yeah. right? Like, or making a character who's not terribly self-aware. Mm. You know, these are, are, you know, they don't always just pick the right button for the occasion, right? You know, what is the, what is the dumb thing? What is the interesting thing? What is the, you know, that, you know, maybe subversion of expectation, Yeah, doing something against type, um, and also leaning into type, like it could be really fun to play the, the human paladin of helm who is just, you know, takes himself way too seriously and everything he does is a speech and even he's like forsooth i must you know go to you know the john you know whatever yes exactly like, okay man just say you have to go to the bathroom it's fine right or just leave i that's there's my theros character i didn't mean to make my paladin funny 
necessarily, but the joke was just right there. And like the first time I introduced him in, in Spike's campaign. Oh, yeah. You, know, you, you remember the, the line? He's He's got these like orcish um, followers that are like uh, his retainers. And one of them was like, hey, boss, you know, what are we supposed to do? And and my character is also a half orc, but he's a paladin. He's like, how many times have I told you to enunciate? <laughs> to right? enunciate. And, like, the whole table like just dies. It right? was so funny. It was funny, right? Like it was just like, okay, here's a half work getting upset at someone about their elocution, you know, <laughs> and did in fact, <laughs> you know what that meant. It, and that ended up being like an important character arc thing later on as he learned to not self hate orcs, basically. Right. Um, but it was, uh, yeah, I, th- I thought that was also a good way to play into that, that sense of irony. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Or to overindulge in the type. Yeah. You know, so that's probably what I would add in. That's I, I totally agree. He was, he, he really did. Um, you know, I think what, what was funny about him was, was the fact that like everyone has this idea of what the paladin kind of air quotes is um at its you know at its core and then amarak shows up and almost sub this is gonna sound weird but subverts expectations by meeting them so well like nobody is actually the caricature of the paladin like everyone has that idea of the, you know, the cartoon of the paladin, but it's, it's always laced with, you know, a fair degree of hyperbole. Um, and then this dude shows up and he actually is all that stuff. It's like, good God, where'd you come from? Yeah. I, I think at least the way I had started him, it started him off. He ended up becoming much more dramatic as the game went on. Sure. You know, because the, the tone of the game was was <laughs> not always comedy, although it did have its moments. Um, you know, but yeah, he definitely started out as more like, no, this guy lives the life, and that's why it's funny, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, like it works because I took Thor and Steve Rogers and put them into the same guy, right? You know, right? Yeah, it. Um, you know, but his but his chin is so high up in the sky that he. You can't necessarily see the forest for the trees all the sure. time. Yeah, you know, and, and that, that weakness is kind of built in, you know, like his feet are off the ground in, in a lot of cases. And, and part of what he learns throughout the story is to put his feet actually on the ground. Right. Um, so he, he, anyway, he definitely does. And I, I think, um, I think there were, there were a fair number of other things that even specifically came out of that that campaign i mean like the friendship between uh my goliath and your half orc by the end when they were trapped in the abyss and doing uh tandem motorcycle riding while trying to round up soul cattle and that was a great time oh my god there were a couple times where i'm pretty sure 
my guy just slapped your guy's ass football style. And it was magnificent. Yeah, it was it was the culmination of all things that represent our friendship. Why? Why did you say? Why did you say that part? It was the culmination of everything, period. Everything. Full stop. What did you do today, random stranger? Guess what I did? The culmination of everything. And by the way, the the whole time Spike's playing Danger Zone. Oh, right. Which was great. God, it was it was so good. And I think one of the things that wound up making that very funny is kind of the wow they really went there kind of uh kind of idea that goes through everyone's mind um and 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 then it's and then it's rapidly followed by oh of course they would oh yeah <laughs> yeah definitely i i mean like that in in a way that was like our relaxation relaxation beat oh totally you know because like the campaign had been so heavy up to that point very and then it took that that comedy turn and like we really needed that relief and it was it was really good when it happened and then we did get back on track right after we fought a giant halloween pumpkin that uh (laughs) That also happened, and he that was that was fun, you know. Not gonna that, pan- that pumpkin was not messing around, Dude, by the way. <laughs> like I was just gonna say, the when when we saw it at first, I was like, "Lol, a pumpkin! This will be fun. We'll we'll smack it, and like little pies will come out or something. It'll be a good time." And that no, it smacks you, and your brains come oh out. Oh my! <laughs> God, the the vines and the the grapples, the constant grapples, the vines just showing up everywhere. And the fact that we had to run like three football fields from where we it was like a deadly game of Red Rover. It was so (laughs) bad. Like I I never thought I could bear a pumpkin ill will. You can. I am here to tell you, you can. He just goes outside immediately and just smashes his children's pumpkins that they carved lovingly for Halloween. Yeah. Just out, out of anger. I, you know, I, I hate that pumpkin. I hate that pumpkin. Something fierce. It's, oh, it sucks so much. Anyway, so that's a thing we did in the game. So thanks for that spike. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm calling you out, man. <laughs> so what was ironic about that campaign was that when we were in hell is when we were the happiest. <laughs> it, it was. It was like, man, again, irony. Irony you, is the key. We, <laughs> I, I, when you say it out loud, it sounds insane. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it was good times. When we were in hell, we were happiest. That kind of feels like the uh, you know players will create this character and go to the GM and say, "Show me how much you love me by torturing me." Well, remember, uh, you know, in the Matrix, you know, the first thing the machines did was try to make the world pleasant, and people are like. Nah. <laughs> nah. Oh, 
God, they just <laughs> screwed it up for everyone. Like <laughs> they were like, no, this sucks. No, this sucks. This is too good to be good. What? <laughs> the machines were like, okay, <laughs> sure. Fine. We'll put you in giant alien bathtubs and pump your, your weird alien bath water into the machines because reasons. Also, humans actually may, would make terrible batteries. So I, what is the argument that is pro human battery? I, I don't battery know. Anyway, as um, in power reserve, not battery as in assault and. <laughs> we don't okay. advocate battery of humans around here. This is a oh, family yes. show. But we do advocate uh, for cake battery. Mm, cake batter. Cake batter. Mm, you know what's really good at Cold Stone? Cake batter with Reese's peanut butter cups. Oh, yeah, I've got a like a, a, a like two quarts of that in my freezer right now. Well, you know, one of the original founders of Coldstone is my governor. Like, dude, I Doug Ducey. I don't care what you say. You're not going <laughs> to convince me to move to Arizona. I know we just <laughs> said that in. One of our favorite game moments, we realized we were happiest in hell, but I don't think that would translate to real life. Ah, there it is. Boom, boom, shots fired. You you brought it all back, back together. That's right. That was, that that was a good, good way to wrap it all up. (laughs) So speaking of which, the time is far spent. That was a good, a good, uh, What do you call it? Uh, anyway, tonight was nice. It was fun. It put me in what I would call a good humor. <clears throat> and uh, on that pleasant note, I want God to, Lord. you know, I try. Okay. I put my heart and soul on the line here. I'm trying to be vulnerable. And, and you good Lord me. <laughs> That's not what I'm here for. <laughs> Sorry. Right. Well, I don't mean to hurt you. <laughs> Thank you well, to our patrons and listeners, Spike and Logan, and our brand new patron, Kate. Welcome, Kate, to our happy little family. And if you guys would like to connect with us, head on over to inspirationpoint.buzzsprout.com where you can find more episodes and uh, get involved with us and interact with us by checking out the social media links that are in little bubbles in the upper right-hand corner. And if you're on mobile, those little bubbles will be just right at the top of the page. Through those, you can get to social media as well as our Patreon. But if you'd like to go there directly, it is patreon.com slash inspiration point. Go there, join the inspiration point team and uh, let us love you in the best ways we know how. So stay in a good humor and try 
to put a little laughter into your games. And until next time, stay inspired. Bye. 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 Bye.